Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how to make it better. What's next for the human race? Apparently the rise in tablets and smartphones mean that in future generations we'll evolve to have giant oversized thumbs, which means that we'll have really awful handwriting but be really brilliant at hitchhiking. <laughs> A lot of people disagree with the idea of gene splicing and cloning because they say it's getting too close to playing God and that's really something that we should leave to Alanis Morissette. Today I'm joined by... <laughs> That's a dogma joke. That was a dogma joke. Wow. Back, well, actually, you know, to be honest, the one that was written down here was Morgan Freeman. Would that be better? Should we try it again? That's a job best left to Morgan Freeman. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Okay. Sorry, Marissa. Yeah, me too. Isn't that ironic? Hmm. Today, no, it's not, but neither is the song, so it's completely okay. Right. Today, I'm joined by three transient vehicles for their genes in the form of Frank Swain, Sophie Scott, and Dan Schreiber. Dan, you're going to be judging what goes ahead. You may know Dan because he is a QI elf and remarkably tall for it. What does that actually involve, Dan? QI elfing. Yeah, elf, uh, elfing? That's what we call it in the, okay. uh, in the hobbit hole we live in. Um, it's basically... Uh, it's, so QI elves are the people who come up with the questions for the show QI. Uh, so what we do is we just sit around all day reading books, reading the internet, uh, reading your Twitter feed, and we find facts, and we just, yeah, we put them into questions and give it to the show. But it's a little base that we have in Covent Garden where we all just sit around telling each other things we found out over the course of the day. I just love the idea of reading the internet. Like, you press print, and it never ends. Oh, yeah. That's quite sweet. There's a lot of ink. So, Dan is going to be judging the pitches which are being put forward by our panel. On my right, we have Sophie Scott. Sophie, you work at UCL as a professor. What do you actually do? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I I do a lot of um, 
Oh, God. Now you've uh, really put me on the spot. I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of writing. I'm writing grant applications. I'm writing papers. I'm reading things other people have written, and I'm adding my writing to it. So that's, there's a huge amount of sitting at a computer, tapping away at a screen. Um, I run a lab, so I have a lot of lab meetings. I have to sit down with people and talk about what we're doing. And I, uh, every so often, they let me help out with an experiment when I don't go and press all the buttons wrong. But, uh, you know, we, we're doing lots of brain scanning, so I get to go along and look at people's brains. Wow. Which brains, is just Why brains? What's so good about brains? Um, <laughs> well, they are amazing. I mean, they are absolutely extraordinary. And I, find, I still can't go over the fact that when I did my PhD, started it 25 years ago, I never imagined that within like, my academic lifetime, we would have a tool in our building that I could use to look inside someone's brain and actually see where it's working. It's extraordinary. It's wow. amazing to me. I mean, it's absolutely... It, it, quite correctly, won a Nobel Prize, this fMRI technique, functional magnetic resonance imaging, um, because it is absolutely extraordinary. I mean, it's used very, very widely in medicine to image all sorts of parts of the body, but completely by, by um, just the fact that deoxygenated and oxygenated blood have got slightly different paramagnetic qualities, we can also use it to look at how your brain's working, because when your brain does some work, the blood flow changes, and that ratio changes. It's, it's amazing. And we're also joined at pitching. We have Frank Swin. Now, Frank, you actually kind of have leveled up to an extent. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, so, I, well, I leveled down. You have to go down before you go up. So um, I am going deaf, and that's just a, a fact of life. But the latest hearing aids that I've got, I managed to hack them in a certain way so that I could pick up on Wi-Fi fields and listen in on Wi-Fi fields. So I'm the, sort of the man who can hear Wi-Fi, as it were. What? That's you? Yeah. yeah. I read about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is odd, because whenever we brief our panel, um, Frank, being an amazing science writer, means that I have sent people things that he has written and also things written about him. Would you like to have a little listen? We yeah, can, can we hear your... One. I know we're tired on time, but let's, um, we'll fire this up. So everything happens on a mobile phone, on an iPhone, and then it streams the sound to my ears. But this is normally what you'd be able to hear. That doesn't so sound great, mate. <laughs> it's like really, really bad techno. Um, but <laughs> without going into it too much, yeah, this is a sonification of the Wi-Fi fields that are in the environment right now. So it's live, it isn't pre-recorded, it's just picking up what's around us. So it's, uh, it was a fun project, and it's really to demonstrate that uh, when you have some hearing aids and they can connect to a phone, you can really listen to whatever you want. You can, yeah, level up your hearing. That's really, wow. really cool. So you get the kind of idea. We are at the Albany Theatre with Smashfest. And we are trying to decide, what would you like to see in the next version of the human being? Our panel here is going to pitch ideas to Dan, and we're also going to have the audience give us some ideas. Before we get on to that, we want to see what is actually happening today. So we have got our panel to bring along some news stories. Uh, the panel have brought us some news stories for human improvement, like some scientists think that within 15 years, AI will be smarter than humans, which I think is unlikely if Apple Maps currently thinks that the Taj Mahal is in Basildon. So... <laughs> Uh, how about we start with you, Frank? What has caught your eye in the news this week? Uh, sure. So we've seen a story this week about printing body parts. So this idea that we're able to uh, create 3D scaffolds of tissue that can then be implanted in someone and human cells grow over that. And it's been quite a difficult problem to solve um, but because cells don't like growing on... Um, they need a lot of oxygen, nutrients, things like that. So this team at the Wakefield, uh, sorry, Wake Forest uh, Baptist Medical Center created a way of 
um, building these structures so you can make a jawbone or an ear or something like that. And if they implanted it in you, then your cells would grow over. It would be absorbed and your cells would grow in the shape of that jaw or ear. So very cool. But what I got really excited about was something they did previously, which was Wake Forest found a way to print human skin using an inkjet printer. So they Whoa. literally took an inkjet printer, which what? as everyone here knows, is just three chambers filled with ink that sprays dots of ink. And they're very precise. If you actually go into the, the science of how printers work, they're firing out these little drops of ink incredibly accurately. And so this team just said, well, we'll put sort of a, you know, white blood cells in one, red in the other, and some skin cells in the other, and literally printed skin grafts using this, uh, this printer. So what a cool idea. Wow. Not even a 3D printer, just a Not classic. Not even a 3D printer, just a classic old Epson, you know, uh, three cartridges in there. Oh so my is that God. kind of like a reverse tattoo? Like you could actually start writing things in skin first? You could, yes. Oh, yeah. I hadn't considered like print it. print your tattoo and then put it on. I mean, though I will temper this with if any, you know, anyone's experience with printers uh, knows that <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you will end up with something that maybe you weren't hoping and for. And we're going to hear the word skin jam repeatedly coming yeah. from our printer. And imagine you did it at work and you accidentally got in a queue of people printing and suddenly your only bit of skin has some sort of document for, I don't know, legal issues printed on <laughs> as a tattoo. Maybe a, a memo so people stop printing skin yeah. on the a, office a, printer. A, like a picture of someone else's kid, something like that. It's like they were printing out a picture of their son and that's now your tattoo. That's awkward. Sophie, what's caught your eye? Uh, I've, it's not really a science story, but I've been really caught by this uh, big find near, in Cambridgeshire. This, uh, they call it the Fenland Pompeii, and they've discovered this sort of Bronze Age uh, village, which seems to have been left very quickly. There's like food in the pots, so it looks like there's possibly a fire. But there was, this week they found this really beautiful wheel, this oak wheel, completely intact. And the thing, that, the thing that really struck me is that, as far as we can see, from the appearance of modern humans, there have been no cognitive changes. All that we've done is we've created our environment differently around us, so our brains are the same, our capabilities are the same. And that that one of the things you see with the appearance of modern humans is this explosion of artifacts and art and tech, because that's what that wheel is. You know, it's the most beautiful piece of technology. It's, it's a wheel. It's a wheel. <laughs> well, there also is a really beautiful quote from the guy who found the wheel. He says that they, they often find sites, often on these sites, they often find objects um, in multiples. So he says, it's certainly not impossible. We're going to go on to find another even better wheel. <laughs> Set reasonable hopes. You know, you know, this is a podcast about the future. Um, <laughs> well, no, but it's kind of something sort of timeless about it. So we tend to think, oh, technology that's now, that's here, that's us. You know, that's kind of that's what we do. Everybody in the past, but it, 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 just what the dominant technology has been, and there has yeah. always been one for I humans. That, I find that terrifying. That the idea that we're no smarter than Bronze Age people. Although I that's accept it scientifically, but it just reminds me that everyone thinks that bad things couldn't really happen now. It's but for you know the uh, chance of luck that we managed to be born into this age where all these wonderful things are happening. We're no smarter than the Bronze Age people. But the Bronze Age uh, people are just like, lucky. hey, probably we're like, hey, goodness me, thank goodness we weren't around all those people who didn't have wheels, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And, and then have any bronze. <laughs> in human tendencies, always to think that now is just brilliant and everything in the past is terrible. So, you know, the people, I guarantee you, our, you know, our children's generation are going, oh my days, did you see their phones? And can you imagine they only had the internet? And, you know, we don't know what they were, you know. So the technology just continues apace, and the humans are staying pretty the same on top of it. Still rubbish. 
Uh, what news story do you want to tell us about? Uh, I, I read this thing, and this goes with hacking Wi-Fi through your ears. Um, it's this, this new product, and it's, it's still kind of in the early stages, but there's a lot of potential for it. So it's called Earbuds, and you put it in. And like being attached to your phone, it's also attached to a smartphone. And it's, this is just this incredible thing where you can kind of DJ the hearing that you want to take in. So these little earbuds have speakers, uh, sorry, microphones on the outside. And then on the inside, they have little speakers. And it's something like uh, less than three, sorry, less than 30 millionths of a second to transfer the sound into what you want it to sound like. So if you want to put that sort of Kanye, that kind of thing onto it, you can do that. If you want to turn the bass up, you can do that. If you want to turn it down, if you're on a plane and you've, you're hearing too much conversation around you and you can't read your book, you can just turn it down. And they think it might be used in a kind of that Douglas Adams Babelfish way. They think yeah. they might be able to translate language at that speed as well, so that you can just have a different language coming into your ears. See, I didn't go to the bathroom during the break, and that's just so I could save my bladder so I could piss all over your chips. Oh. <laughs> really? So is this... It, yeah, I mean, technologically, it works, but being a hearing aid user, there is so much that you need to get right. And one of the most, the biggest problems with hearing aids, with the ones you're describing, is called the occlusion effect. And this is basically, if, you, if anyone has those isolating earbuds where you need to get some work done, you put them in and they kind of blot out all the other sound. You, have you ever tried eating with those in? It sounds terrible because right. you're the, the, you trap a little layer of air in your ear and that amplifies all of the internal sounds in your body. So, you know, eating cornflakes sounds like... Uh, so even if you have these and even if you could tune them perfectly, the sounds from inside your own body would be massively amplified. It would really freak you out. I, I love the idea of this because I, I wish this worked because you know the way people have gone to such degrees to auto-tune their voices and make the worst musicians sound amazing. Mm. If you just switch to undo all that when you hear it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take that, Justin. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, so, so this won't be possible then? In... It, I mean, it's possible, but that is a, that's a significant hurdle that needs to be overcome yes, if you right. were trying to blot out all outside sound and only hear what these things are putting out. Most hearing right. aids work, they have a vent, so it's a mix of ambient sound plus the additional layer that the hearing aids are giving you. Uh, so it's um, full occlusion is only really used to people very, very deaf, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to get right. That's interesting, though. So can we direct, because I often feel like if I hear a conversation going on somewhere else, I can, without moving my head, just be like, and zone in onto that conversation. Do, do we do brain. that? That's yeah. the brain rather than the ears, isn't it? Well, the um, we don't notice it, because you, you notice your eyes doing that, because the eyes fixate to move over. There is some evidence that is happening at the level of your cochlea, so there is some downwards influence from the brain to the ears. But most of what's happening in terms of so organisation of sound and hearing that conversation and wanting to know more about it is happening primarily in loops between the cortex and the ascending auditory pathway, which is like this relay system going up from the ear to the brain, where there's all, that, all this sort of complicated stuff about, a lot of complicated stuff about sound is being sorted out. So it's more like a focusing on at a cognitive level than at the, the periphery. Yeah, okay, right. All right, so that's the stuff which is happening right now, except the thing about the wheel. Um, yeah. Or apparently my thing. <laughs> or, well, we did our best. So that's the stuff that's happening now, but we're going to get our panel to pitch their ideas. So, listen, I've carefully done. Yes, Frank, what I'm do ready. you want to see in the next human I have been obsessed with this idea since I heard about it a few years ago, um, which is suspended animation. So there's this uh, emergency preservation um, process, I should call it, where you chill bodies very, very, very quickly, 
completely so that people stop breathing, their brains stop working, they've got no measurable heart activity. And so they're kind of suspended, they don't, nothing happens. And that allows you to open them up and fix whatever's wrong with them and put them back together. So it's really about buying you a bit of extra time. And that's sort of in human trials at the moment. So if you were in a car crash or shot, they could do this process to you, slow down everything, gives them a bit more time to fix you. And I just think, how far could you push that? Mm. I would like to do it for like 30, 50, 60 years. Um, because, you know, let's tap out of this mess. You know, we're coming in now, economically, it's a very troublesome situation. Over in history, people have migrated, you know, migrated across space to escape economic downturns. But what if you could migrate through time? What if you could say, looks like there's another recession coming. I'm going to put my hood up. And quite frankly, you know, the generation above me, you can sort this mess out because I didn't create it. And just, yeah, come back in 100 so years. You're talking like a suspended animation pod connected to the FTSE 100. <laughs> and that's like what wakes you up. That is a brilliant idea. Yeah, absolutely. When, when things start looking up, it can wake me up and I can come out and straight into a, a well-paid job with a reasonably priced house in London. That's my dream. <laughs> there will never be. <laughs> what do you reckon, Dan? Yeah, I know. I, I, well, it's a great idea. I, I, I mean, if we all did it, it wouldn't work, right? Like if we all were like, this is chaos, that and then we all the, did it, and then we all woke up at the same time. That's the only small hiccup. Yeah, you actually have to leave someone behind to keep things ticking over. Oh, imagine being that one person. <laughs> <laughs> sort out the economy You'd by feel myself? A, Seriously, guys? You'd feel a wee bit rejected, actually, wouldn't you? Yeah. Everybody else is asleep in a pod, and yeah. just you. Yeah, but every person who goes into a pod, uh, that's more jobs per person left of the people who are awake. So uh, hopefully we're a self-balancing system. Right. Like all economics is perfectly self-balancing, as we well know. So, is this, <laughs> so this is just hibernation, basically, right? Hibernation, yeah. So, and this works for you know summer. It works for you know if you've got a three-day weekend, you've got nothing to do. Um, let's go hibernate. Cuts down your heating costs, your food costs, um, and you know the amount of friends you have to go and see. Yeah, uh, it's very good for avoiding weddings. Do you <laughs> do you age in that? period when you go into that sort of suspended? That is an excellent question. Uh, if we are extrapolating this emergency cryopreservation, then the answer would be no. There is no cellular activity going on whatsoever. Um, so you would be the same age when you came back out. Right. Wow. Uh, which would be very confusing on Tinder as well. You know? Yeah. You, say, you look great <laughs> for 170. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> true. It'd be terrible for arguments as well. Just knowing that people can now sleep on a on an argument for six years, and then <laughs> well, what better way to have the last word than to uh, you know just wait until the other person's died of old age and then leave a really really clever comment on okay. Facebook? Yeah, on a, on a seventy-year-old argument on Facebook. It's on the list, Frank. Spiteful suspended animation. Spiteful suspended animation. <laughs> Sophie, what are you going to take forward? What would you like to see in the next human? I'd be interested in trying to improve human perception because we tend to... I mean, life feels like we're perceiving things very realistically and, and basically we're not. We're, our brain is filling in all sorts of stuff. I mean, a really good example is that whenever you move your eyes, like if you look across our faces sitting here, go face to face to face, you're making these very rapid movements, the eyes called saccades. When you do that, your brain shuts down vision for the whole time your eyes are moving. So it doesn't feel like that. If I look from you to you... Like, I, don't, I feel like I see the people in between, but in fact, I'm not. And if you were able to remove everybody sitting in between, 
I would not be actually notice I would, I, if you did it while my eyes were moving. And actually, it happens when you're, we're blinking as well. And in fact, because we move our eyes so continuously and we blink so often, we're functionally blind for 15% of the day. Whoa. Which is a lot of the day. And we just don't notice it. We don't notice it at all. And my, my area, sort of voices and speech, you get a similar phenomenon, which is um, when you learn to speak a language, then you become deaf to a lot of sounds that are irrelevant to that language. And you kind of group sounds into your language that mean you don't really hear the differences between them. So an example for English speakers would be um, the sounds s, 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 that all sound like S sounds, um, which you don't really hear as being particularly different. And, and empirically, you wouldn't be very good at telling them apart, though in fact they were acoustically very different. Whereas if you hear different, um, these are inglessive click sounds, which are speech sounds in some sub-Saharan African languages. So it sounds like... We don't hear those as speech, and we're very good at hearing differences between them. And Once you hear it as speech, you're kind of grouping it. I love those languages because they just seem ready-made for hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> or, or harassing women on trains. I always did a journey. I did the same thing, actually, in some ways. I, a lot of hip-hop the, is harassing women. Is it true that the, one of the products of this attentional blindness, when you move your eyes and you go blind, is that your brain backfills... Uh, in time, what it thinks you saw. Exactly. And if, if you ever looked at your glance at a clock, it's called the stopped hand effect, that you glance at the second oh, hand, yeah. and the second hand seems to pause for a bit and then keeps going. It's because your brain has imagined seeing it. You haven't actually seen wow. it. Wow. And your yeah. brain is just... And the really thing that distresses me is that it, it goes backwards in time. So it's, it's filling in something that you think is happening in real time, and actually it's retroactively changing uh, your, your perceived vision of the world. That's so. amazing. Mm. I read about, have you guys heard of this animal? So I can't remember the exact animal. I think it's a lizard. Uh, that It runs so fast um, that when it's chasing prey, I think, particularly it's running fast, its vision takes in so much imagery so quickly as it's going faster and faster that it suddenly goes temporarily blind and it has to stop and just regain vision because it's just, it's run too fast. It couldn't take in all the stuff. Yeah, this is a real thing and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. Yeah, so, but, so anyone listening out there, Google it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Actually, it's great to have such knowledgeable guests on the program, isn't it? <laughs> Can we find that out? We'll tweet it after. Yeah. Someone in the audience, help us, please, people. Google the lizard. Whereas that kind of the opposite thing happens with us, which is if we're looking at things and they don't change and you don't let someone move their eyes, Vision just goes crazy. Really? So because you're because you continuously move your eyes, you're moving it several times a second. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And you're jumping around, and it's refreshing what's hitting your retina continuously. So if you, psychologists love something called fixation, which means you have to look at one single spot. So if we all helpfully look at the end of Simon's nose, um, what you find, I mean, don't continue doing this, but if you just stay that stare there, what you'll start to notice is our faces start to look really horrible. <laughs> really? Because, well, your brain just starts to fill in extra stuff. Ah. Um, there's a number of different demonstrations of this. Again, Google them. But it, it seems that the like, so faces in the periphery, if you're staring in one place, really strange things start to happen to them because at some level you know their faces but you you can't respond to them in the same way because you're not being allowed to refresh everything that, by moving your eyes around. That makes me feel amazing because I'd always assumed I was worse looking if you looked directly at me. So this <laughs> no, is no, 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 no. You'll, you'll be the only person who stays looking nice. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, wasn't there... So you might have read this. There was a science report, don't know if it's been debunked, but staring into someone's eyes for a long period of time creates a kind of um, psychedelic... It's fake? Yeah, yeah. Is no, it no, true? It's, the same, right. it's the same sort of phenomenon. Because essentially, you're forcing someone to fixate. Yeah. And everything else starts to go crazy and weird. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't strongly suggest you do it now. But you do get these very, very odd perceptual phenomena because your brain just starts filling stuff in. But there's something else strange about the eyes because prolonged eye contact has been demonstrated to make people feel feelings of affection, even if they've been warned that they'll feel them in advance. Ah. So, like... Just look at somebody long enough and you'll probably love them, which is basically how marriage works. <laughs> I think eyeballs are the most interesting thing of all the animals because most things... They're not if you... animals. Eyeballs aren't animals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so included as part of animals. Because if you... So if we had a, a table full of noses here, I'd be able to tell you which one was the human nose and which one was a cat nose. But... And, and same with teeth and same with just general faces. Any, any part of the body is just completely different. And, but for some reason, we've all got similar eyeballs, or a lot of the animals have similar eyeballs. Well, same material, same... Sa same with ears. So the mammalian ear, there is no, pretty much no difference in your ear and a dog's ear. The, 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 um, the inside bit. Oh, right, OK. Yeah. No, I just mean, like, if there were a bunch of eyeballs on this table... No, but there's, there's such massive variety out there that you, you might not come across. But there's some things that we've come across again and again. So the, the classic example, very often, because people used to say that the eye was a... An example of perfect design. Ah, and right. we now know that it obviously isn't because they have to keep moving to compensate for our blind spot. Whereas a squid eye is almost identical to ours, but wired properly. So squids pass their driving test first time round. No blind <laughs> really? spot. And this always makes me think that, you know, if you take that argument uh, to its logical conclusion, then God made squid and nothing else. Because they do have the perfect eye, whereas we don't. Ah. Cthulhu is out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not a big laugh, though. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was suspended animation and improved perception to get rid of that 15% functional blindness. Mm. What was the kind of thing you were hoping to hear, Dan? I was hoping... I like little adjustments that can just help us get... I, like, I, I think we do have a big um, separation from animals. I think that that could be helped a lot. And also, I think we could tell animals that we mean business. You know, like, uh, so if you see a spider and a spider is ready to sort of attack you, you can tell when the spider is about to attack you in certain species because they go on their back legs. Similarly, a snake will go up. 
we as humans don't have a stance to tell animals that, okay, well, I'm ready to fight you back. You've never been to a football match, have you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that, like, that a spider would look at us and go, ooh, okay, I don't want to get involved in this fight. Like, we don't have a, 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 like a I'm little I'm amazed that you have fights with spiders. Yeah. Tell from, us more I'm, about these. I'm from Australia. <laughs> uh, it's a daily occurrence yeah. for me there. It's, yeah, yeah, I think Australia's basically a holding cell for all of nature that won't chill out. It is a dangerous place, isn't it? Yeah. So you probably do need... Well, you're just constantly you walking like a, One of those Elizabethan roughs, so you could be like dinosaur in Jurassic Park, and you could just flick this rough Exactly. Out. That would be amazing, a natural rough. That would be amazing. We, it we would be, if it was made of skin, though, it would just be very weird. I mean, that's, that's what um, Charles Darwin was getting at when he was talking about basic emotions, that, that facial expressions in... And some vocal emotional expressions in mammals do seem to do that job. So anger... Yeah across mammals looks very similar. So I accept this will not help you in your fight, fight with a spider, but it probably would help you with the fight with a dog right. to be, you know, kind of have a really angry-looking face and really? make angry noises. But there is some contrast, because I know uh, smiling, if you smile at a gorilla, it takes mm. it as an, as an expression of aggression, because showing the teeth in their society is well, much more different. Well, certainly, what we, what we do when we smile to instruction is something that has much more mixed signals. So it's like that kind of smile, that teeth-bearing smile, it's a submissive smile. Sorry, submissive expression in chimps. It's not, you know, and it's not meaning the same thing as you say with gorillas. Whereas the smile that is the same across mammals is what's called the laughter face or the play face, which is the, the face that anim mammals have when they are playing with each other. And it's really hard to get photographs of humans doing it because we tend to go... into a, <laughs> But it's a loose, open, happy face, kind of like that. And you see it everywhere. Kittens do it, dogs do it, dolphins do it. It's a really, really common smile. And that would, again, it would mean, it seems to mean the same thing. It's a very unthreatening face. Yeah, is this, right. is this a, a study that just was published in the last couple of weeks which showed that horses can see angry faces. Like, yeah. If you're angry yeah. with a horse, they know. Yeah. So. And also, uh, my friend James was telling me they have 14 different facial expressions. Yeah. Horses? Yeah, horses. They do. Yeah. This, is, this is a happy one. This works well on a podcast. But the ears pointing forward, that's happy. I that's bet you not can a guess facial this expression. Well, this part of their face. Yes, there and go on, guess what same. this one is. <laughs> yes, it's unhappy when the ears go backwards. And if you've ever been around a horse, that's the face they pull just before they bite you. And um, if they kind of ears are going out sideways, that's a little bit more ambivalent. Uh, all of you know? their facial expressions just various orientations of ears. Because if they Pretty are, much. I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> largely. <laughs> not entirely, but largely. Because <laughs> they, they've always got a long face. You know that old joke, Oh, someone had to set it. <laughs> right. Okay, so that's the kind of suggestions we have from our panel, but yeah. we are lucky enough to be at the Albany Theatre at Smashfest. What ones have we got from the audience? Oh, we've got a bonus one. Oh, yeah, great. Oh! Oh, Dan, tell you what, it's your fact. You use it, man. That's okay, cool. so uh, earlier I was talking about a lizard that could run, uh, and it goes blind. So I'm just going to read this out as it, as it is. There is some vague suggestion it could be the zebra-tailed lizard but the internet confirms a tiger beetle does temporarily go blind when running after prey. I reckon it's the beetle, yeah. I still think the word the internet confirms is probably not good <laughs> enough for science. <laughs> but thank you, audience. You fact-checked us yeah, at the end. very cool. It's practically peer review. That's science now, sorted. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take some suggestions from our audience, what kind of things they would like to see in the next stage of human evolution. So, uh, panel, let's start with you, Sophie. What grabbed you? Uh, somebody said that they would like the ability not to choke, and they say specifically on their own dribble, but um, I'm, I'm going to choose to widen that out a bit onto choking. Choking is really interesting because we are the only animals that can choke. 
we have, we have this permanently descended larynx. So the larynx, which is, I'm going to have to, if you look at a, a, a man, uh, where their Adam's apple is, that's, that's the larynx. It's, it's tucked up nearer to the chin in women, so it's a bit harder to see. But it's only visible at all in humans. In all other mammals, it sits up at the bottom of the tongue, right up at the top of the neck, and its job is to keep things from falling down into the lungs. It's there to stop you from, you know, from choking. And what's happened in humans, in, the, in our evolution, we have this descent of the larynx, which then men have a secondary descent in adolescence, which means it's down, halfway down the tube. Now, that's great because it means we can talk and we can sing, and that's how we can do all of this stuff with our voice. Well, it's, a lot of it's stemming from this descended larynx because it's, it's freeing up the tongue and it's giving us a longer tube to speak with. But it's, um, it means that things can drop down there and we can choke. And, that's, that, that, and a lot of people do. It's a very common way for people to die. And so, it, it's, it's, such a, it's a real evolutionary trade-off. That, that does mean something. So the, the depth of the larynx is connected to the deep voice. So, for instance, I know that koalas have also got a descended larynx, and therefore they all sing like Barry White when it comes to meeting. <laughs> but what that does mean is that if you're going to fix your choking thing, you're going to have to have a high-pitched voice. Or not, not, talk, not talk in a, in, in a way that would be recognisable. It would be more like... Um, Joe Pasquale. Uh, <laughs> well, you, no, you, the, well, the other thing is, it, it frees up the tongue. So the human tongue is a muscular hydrostat, like an octopus tentacle, which is completely nimble and dances around inside the mouth and, make, and shapes all these sounds. All other mammals have got these great long snouty faces with these dirty great long tongues, which are useless for speech. So they are large, inflexible things which are anchored at the back by the larynx. And we've set our tongues free. And we, you would have to lose that. So, so we're the only animal that doesn't choke? We, that does choke. Sorry, sorry. Choke. Um, maybe also koalas, but certainly humans, yeah. yeah. We have this permanently descended larynx. Wow. The others might it, not. They might use it in different ways. Well, like, they, lots, certainly other, lots of animals um, can move it down. So, like, deer can do phenomenal amounts of movements with their larynx, but then it comes back up to the top again mm. and sits up at the top of the throat. So it's, you know, the, 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 the extent of the descent isn't specific to humans, but the permanently descended one certainly is a strong characteristic for I, us. I so, what, what, sorry. sorry, what would happen if we did then uh, find the ability to not choke? Would any, would, would the, are there any consequences to that? Well, they would... Well, maybe... It, it, you'd, what you would probably start to impede would be the tongue and the tongue movement, and then you would end up with something that was speech would be more like animal calls, oh. which would mean it's not like speech. So that's an interesting trade-off, because I, I, like we this podcast would sound really weird if we were just doing animal <laughs> just, calls. Just the laughter, really. Yeah. <laughs> it would like, be like a Captain Beefheart album. It would be awesome, yeah. actually. I'd love to listen to that. I, I do love this idea, because like, funny, I, uh, I worked on a TV show, um, Instant Nature's Giants, where we dissected a lion, and we found out that their larynx was not where we thought it was. So it was actually anchored much, much lower so they could do a proper trombone and move it. And it was just the best moment because basically everybody went silent as they, they cut this thing open. They went, wait a minute, this lion's wrong. <laughs> uh. This lion's wrong. I read, a, uh, I read a story. It was just yesterday. So I don't know if it's a, it's, if it's a new story, but wildebeest, ancient wildebeest, they found that they evolved longer noses for speech, so I don't know if they were making their call sounds through their noses, but they evolved it so that they could gossip because apparently everyone was hearing everything that they were saying. So they, they could have this more insular thing that they could go, do you see what Jeff's doing over there? And they could just have little bits of gossip with each other. That's such a cool evolved... Can, can, we, can we add that? Actually, yeah, a sure. special gossip snout? No, yeah. That's what the, they should call it the, I don't know, Heat Magazine, the Gossip Snout. That'd be awesome. <laughs>
Perfect. Uh, we've probably got time for one more. Dan, Frank, anyone grab you from the audience? Uh, I, well, the, the only one I've got from the oh, audience. in fact, can we take that to her? Lindsay? Yeah, is Lindsay here? Uh, yeah, she is. Can we have eyes on the back of our head? Ooh. What do you think, guys? <laughs> uh, I am... Um, it's a question that interests me because part of the project with the hearing Wi-Fi is could I add this extra information into my world? You know, can you... Um, how plastic is the brain? And I think, you know, so you'll probably back me up here. Very, very plastic. I think we mm. probably could deal with having eyes on the back of the head. We'd get used to it. We'd figure it out. Yeah, no, I think you would. It, the, the problem would be the modality you get it in with, but it seems that the, the brain is phenomenally plastic. Mm. The issue you... is, the, the difficulty, I think, is that a vision is very narrow band, so we can only really look at one thing at once. We look at, you can't read two books at once. But you can listen to music and so on, conversation, mm -hmm. and hear the environment, and know if someone's banging on the door. So hearing, you can keep adding in things. It's fantastic. It's very, very broadband. Um, so yeah, I'd struggle to think how we'd segue two kinds of vision. And this gets down to some very interesting stuff about your fovea, the little focal point in your eyes. So humans have two, and we have binocular vision, so we overlay them. So one, you know, they have a single focal point. But not all animals are like that. So hawks, for example, instead of having one little divot in their eye where they focus their image on, they have a whole trench. And so it runs a whole along their eyes, and because their eyes are obviously not looking in the same direction, they can just keep a huge area in focus at once, and that's how they can see their prey when they're flying way up in the sky. Wow. There's definitely animals out there which do have other alternatives. So it might not be the same eyes in the back of their head, but I know there's lots of lizards and things which effectively have a third eye, so they detect shadows going overhead, and they know if there's like an eagle or something dangerous. Wow. So perhaps you could have a different perception. You just know if there's somebody queuing behind you or something. Yeah. <laughs> would you, I, would I, you settle for wing mirrors? <laughs> I just wonder what it would do for hair fa uh, hairstyles. That would just be, we'd have to reassess how we wear hair on our head, generally. The eye parting. <laughs> the, yeah. Oh, that's true. You could just have two little, yeah, that's true. Or you just base all hair on top, and that's it. And we lose the concept like of hair around the sides. From Sesame Street, just sort of a little tuft. Right yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a Bart Simpson haircut. That yeah. would be perfect. And then, yeah, extra eyeballs. Perfect. All right. So that's some good suggestions. We're going to take some more from nature. This is a part of the show we call Splice of Life. What would you steal from these creatures and their genetics? First of all, we have the hagfish. <laughs> what would you steal from a hagfish? There is only one notable thing about the, two notable things about the hagfish. The first is that it only has one tube in its inner ear, so it can only really perceive movement in one dimension, as it were, whereas we, we know for falling to our left or right, forwards or backwards, going up or down, they don't. They just live in a kind of sole two-dimensional world, which is weird. Uh, and the other thing, of course, is that they exude slime when you annoy them. Um, mm -hmm. So if you drop a hagfish into a bucket of water, within about two minutes, that entire water turns into the kind of stuff they use on, you know, Pat Sharp's Funhouse. It's just <laughs> this horrible, clear, <laughs> disgusting goop. And that's its natural defense. It is, it's correct. It's spot I on, mate. I do Gallons not want to be a hagfish. Well, there might be something you might want to take from them. Uh, they can absorb nutrients faster through their skin than they can through their stomach. So you could, like, dive face first into a buffet. Because wow. they feed That's on like decaying cool. whales and things. They, we should point out for people who can't see a picture of it, it looks nothing like a fish. 
It's not a fish. Do you know the thing that you're talking about? You're, you're, you've got issues with fish. This is it. Right. So why do you hate fish so much? If you get a chance, everyone, check out Dan's podcast, No Such Thing as a Fish. One of the reasons why there's no such thing as a fish is because of these guys and lampreys. Really? They are so, so different than everything else. Wow. Yeah, I mean, because that looks like an eel or a, uh, or a snake. Eels are fish. You know they that. fish, are they? <laughs> Actual eels are fish, except the few eels that aren't eels, um, of which there's many, because biology's like that. Right. Um, but this guy, yeah, they're called Agnathans, so it's before jaws were invented. They're even, they're ancient, ancient species. Wow. So, okay, uh, snot and face first buffets. Okay, and finally, this one, the green basilisk lizard. Okay. I'll give you a hint. It's got another name. It's also known as the Jesus Christ lizard. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Or the Philip Schofield lizard. No, really. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so running on water. Um, if I'm correct, this is a lizard that has great big, huge back feet and can run very quickly across water, which I think is a totally, totally cool thing to have, and I would love to have it. Unfortunately, if you, you tell people that, they think you have a god complex. You say, I'd like to be able to walk on water, and they're like, oh, right, okay. One of them. It, you can't really walk in water. It isn't like calmly, serenely. It's it, belting it across the water. Yeah. How often does it mess up? Like, how often are they going for a run with their mates, and they're like, so what are you doing? Oh, where are you gone? Like, how often do they? Does that happen a lot? No idea, actually. Uh. Yeah. I bet, yeah, their blooper reel would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, ladies and gents, so that is us nearly out of time. So, Dan, you're going to pick which of these things we're going to take back to our boffins yeah, to such try good and genetically choices. engineer into humans. What have we got? We've got um, spiteful or not spiteful, suspended animation. We've got pimping perception, so we get over that 15% functional blindness. Uh, we've got avoid choking on your own dribble, or, or anybody else's dribble, probably, as well. Uh, we've got the gossip snout. I like uh, that. Yeah. Being <laughs> We've got eyes or variations thereupon on the back of the head. Uh, we've got hagfish absorbing things through the skin or as much snot as you want, you know, <laughs> gallons within minutes. Uh, humans, by the way, two, but two liters of snot a day. So get over yourselves, right? Um, Self-exfoliation, cool, or running on water? Um, I, so it's a, it's, it's a tie for me between gossips now, although I don't think that would be as interesting and, and fun a look <laughs> as, uh, as I have in my head. So, I mean, we can just go somewhere to tell each other stuff. We do stuff. just gossip already. We do just gossip. We do. Yeah, yeah, we don't need a snout. To, that would there'd be a giveaway as well if we suddenly evolved a gossip snout. What are you hiding? That's, that would be... Gossip snout would be a fantastic name for a magazine. Yeah, that, that, that's... So, okay, so we've got a new magazine that we can launch. Um, and... Uh, for me, personally, um, so I'm happy to be overruled on this, but I have mysteriously, I don't know how this has happened, just started dribbling a lot. I don't know where it's come from. Every time I lay to my left, I just dribble, and it's a nightmare for my girlfriend because it goes all into her hair over the course of an evening. I know, it's disgusting. I don't know how to stop it. It's like snoring. I don't know how to stop it. It's all happening in my sleep. I you just do. Don't... You sit on your left. Swap sides, man. <laughs> But I feel like if we could sort it out through evolution, I could <laughs> stay on my side of the bed. By the way, that's different because the, th the problem was choking. It wasn't dribbling. That's, that's just your <laughs> issue. That's oh, a... yeah. Sorry, I got fixated on I think choking's a cool thing as well. So I think uh, we should get rid of that. 
So if that comes with the sorting of the dribble, then we can bung that into one big evolutionary evolutionary. I agree. I don't think we should be inferior to animals. We need to show them that we're just as good as them. And uh, so, yeah, we can't be choking, not on their watch. Okay, just to keep up with the Joneses and all the animals, we're going to stop choking. Ladies and gents, you heard it here first. Uh, before we take that off to the people and pretend that we can actually solve it, I'd love you to give everybody a huge round of applause. We're here at the Albany with Smash Fest, which is a wonderful festival. Check it out. And also applause for our incredible panel. There's Dan Schreiber, Sophie Scott, and Frank Swain. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to levelupyoumen.com. Hello, me again. We have some awesome live events coming up. Please come along. We'll be at the Cambridge Science Festival on Thursday the 16th of March at the Wellcome Genome Campus with Samantha Baines and top-notch geneticists. On Wednesday the 22nd of March, we're having a comedy night, Stand Up Human, with some of our lovely guests at the Book Club in East London. We'll be at the Science Museum London Lates for a Royal Society special on the 29th of March with the Chase's Paul Sinna and Royal Society Fellows. Go to our website, Facebook and Twitter for tickets and information. You can support our podcast at patreon.com forward slash level up human. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.